This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, good morning from California. Good afternoon, Mom, from New York City. How are you? I'm good. Well, we've got a great show today, and one that we've talked about before. We had uh, Mary Rockefeller Morgan on talking about twins, and uh, but Mary and her brother uh, were fraternal twins. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. For our audience out there, if they don't know the difference, they probably do. The fraternal twins are from one egg, uh, and uh, excuse me, from two eggs, and the uh, identical twins are from one. And we're going to have a lot more fraternal twins in the world because uh, of the in vitro. And uh, so I think the identical twins are even going to be more unique, don't you, Heidi? Yeah, and I've always been fascinated by the whole identical twin I mean, remember Bonnie and Kathy Corbett? We had neighbors named Bonnie and Kathy Corbett, and we called them twins. Remember, Mom? We called them twins. Absolutely. Well, introduce our guest, because she's going to talk about this, because she has written a fabulous book about her wonderful twin sister, Dean. And uh, Heidi, you want to just say something about her? And by the way, she's one of our Open to Hope writers, too. So if you're interested in twinning and twins and all that, or sibling, I mean, our uh, uh, sibling loss, you'll want to go on and read some of the things that she's written. Sure. So as my mom said, we're going to talk about the loss of a twin and twinless twins today. And our guest today is Dorothy Fultz Gray. Dorothy is the author of five books, including With and Without Her, A Memoir of Being and Losing a Twin. She is a winner of the Tennessee Arts Commission Poetry Fellowship and other awards. She has written for magazines such as O, The Oprah Magazine, Bon Appetit, More, and Real Simple. She is an author of Open to Hope, so you can read a lot of her stuff right on our website. And she just received honorable mention in the Los Angeles Book Festival for her book. So welcome to the show, Dorothy. Hi, Dorothy. Oh, thank you. It's lovely to be here. It's great to have you on today. And and what a wonderful book you've written. And oh, my goodness, people ought to just get it for the picture on the front. Unfortunately, I didn't get it, but I have it. And darling picture of you and Dean on the front of it together. So sweet. My, my most prized possession. Oh, it is so that sweet. That was taken... It was taken when we were 22, and it was taken by a very good friend of ours who I'm still close friends with, uh, Robert Castor. It's a lovely picture. And I love the name of your book, With or Without Her, A Memoir of Being and Losing a Twin. Well, my goodness, first of all, tell our audience about uh, Dean. Well, we'll start out with uh, having Dean uh, killed, and then we'll move on to, to other more positive memories of Dean. Well, uh, in... Um, 1981, in August 1981, um, she was coming to visit me that day, and I received a call that she had been shot by one of her patients. She was a psychologist in Lowell, Massachusetts, and um, she um, lived for 10 days. Another doctor was killed at the scene, um, and another um, um, social worker was was injured and survived. She lost an eye. So there were, and I think another person, a bullet grazed another person. So there were three, two, uh, one person killed and, and I mean, two, <laughs> two people killed and um, another seriously wounded. Um, 
And you know, I want to I want to say what happened to the perpetrator right now because I want to get him out of the way, and people are going to want to know. Oh yes, okay, of course. Um, he, uh, we did not know this for months, but that that day after the shooting, he drove um, into the woods of um, New Hampshire and um, into a very um, desolated part and got out of his car and walked and then killed himself. So we. Uh, we didn't know that for months, and my, my husband was very frightened because we were afraid that he would um, come after this face, you know, the same the same face that he had killed. Um, wow, so that Dorothy, we had the, that's powerful. We had the, the FBI um, involved. I didn't know that at the time. I was just, I was just. In, in shock, but my husband had had told my father. My father notified the FBI to to get some protection because he was still out there. How how old was Dean at the time? Um, we were both thirty two. You see, I have heart, to answer as a twin. Heart. We were both thirty two. <laughs> <laughs> we were both thirty two. I love that. But you know, my I, I could so identify with this story. I mean, I'm a psychologist sitting here in Midtown Manhattan in my office. I know, and I was thinking that. the fact that the patient that. came and killed her, and my mom's a psychologist, and then the idea of you being ter- terrified because you looked like Dean. I mean, wow, that's yes. big, isn't it, Mom? Yeah, very, yes. very. Well, yes. talk a yes. bit about her being uh, in the ICU unit, because I think one of the things that I, as I read your book, by the way, I want to say to the audience that this is a wonderful and very interesting book. We're going to be talking about the sibling loss aspects of it, but there are some really beautiful stories in there about, uh, and funny stories about Dean and Dorothy. So I would suggest that you might want to get this. It's a great read. But anyway, let's go to the hospital where Dean is taken. She's in ICU. And and the family is there. One of the things that fascinated me about this, and you talk about it in the book, is looking at her, and you hardly recognized her because of you know the bullet in the head or whatever. But that must have been incredible because you'd always looked at her and seen you, right? Talk a little bit about how twins see each other. Well, you know, you you don't really do that because you're. I mean, you do it and you don't do it. But you know, Dean's face was was Dean's face um, mm-hmm. until until I would, you know, after she died, I looked in the mirror and, and there was Dean. And I would start to cry when I would look in the mirror because there she was, and then Dean would start to cry. So it, it became much, in a way, much more powerful effect after she died. When, when she was alive, you know, Dean's face was, was Dean's face. Um, it, until we get confused and looking at pictures, but it, yeah, oh, you talk <laughs> about that. Strange, we, you weren't sure who was who. Yeah, we were. Yeah, it was. It's a, it's a strange phenomenon. I mean, we 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 got we got lost in a house of mirrors, and and Dean and I kept smashing into the mirrors because we thought we had found each other. Unlike our <laughs> friends, who were not well, smashing well, Dorothy, into the mirrors. It it sounds like you didn't realize how much you looked like Dean until Dean was no longer. And then you thought, well, yes, in a way. I mean, we knew you know it because people confuse you constantly, mm-hmm. and you know it because you when you see each other in in a photograph and you can't you you have trouble picking which you know who who which is which. But but I didn't think of you know I thought of Dean as Dean. You know how you you don't you know you live from your inside out. You don't um, your 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 sense of yourself comes from the inside, and so and so. You know, when I look at Dean, I wouldn't see myself. I would see De- I would see Dean. 
Um, but I think what was very, what was very disturbing, you asked me to talk about the ICU. I mean, what was both very disturbing and, and also gratifying was that I, I, because I had a terrible case of poison ivy, I got to meet the, the very same emergency uh, crew that had tended Dean, and they were, because they were so used to dealing with death and loss, they were able to to show me their sort of simple happiness in the, in the fact at how much we looked alike, that they had been the last to see it, because by the time I got to see Dean, she no longer looked like either of us. Her, you know, her, her head was very swollen, her face was very swollen and bruised. I mean, it was not her anymore. So um, they were really the last to see the, the um, similarity. The identical so, so I just have one quick question, Dorothy. Was it a comfort that you and Dean looked alike to you, or was it more distressing after she died? You, you mean, oh, after she died? Oh, yeah. I, I, um, that's a good question. I, you know, I think when I, when I had the experience of looking in the, the mirror, it was, it was both. It was both comforting because there she was. It was both comforting and distressing. And then I think one one of the things that that I've had to deal with is, you know, as you age, your looks evolve. And so my face is no longer um, the, the face of my girlhood. And so it's no longer Dean's face either. And someone right. asked me, is Dean 15, is she, is she still young in your in your dreams, because I dream about her still, and <laughs> I, you know, it's a it's a good question. I, I, I guess so. It's hard to answer. I still, de- it's just well, still Dean's face. I guess and, it is. And one, and one of the reasons I'm asking it is because I have a nephew who is named is my brother's namesake. They're both named Scott, uh, uh, and he uh. looks so much like my brother sometimes that it's uncanny. And for him, I think it's both like you said. Wonderful and also a little distressing because he looks at the, everybody else's faces and how we're reacting when he when we, he reminds us of my brother and looks yes, just like him. Yes, yes, so yes. It's, it's but is it, a, of, is, it is it a comfort to you? Yeah, is it a comfort to you? Yeah, is it? Yeah, it's a comfort to us. But I think sometimes for him it's like, wow, this is a, this is bittersweet. It's a comfort for me for him, and I think sometimes it's a burden. Well, yeah, that's yeah, that is interesting. My my parents called me Dean after Dean died, and other people would would call me Dean or confuse me, and I think that was their own, um, They, you know, I was the conduit to, you know, just my face was the conduit to Dean. I don't think, they didn't do it to hurt me, they did it unconsciously. Right, exactly. So, so um, one of the things that um, Heidi and I've talked a lot about the show, and I think it's a little different take on it with uh, with uh, you and Dean and with identical twins and and maybe even fraternal. I don't know, but I I really felt when I was reading about uh, her being in intensive care with your family. At one point, you were a little cranky with your mother uh, because you wanted to be alone with her. Yes, it's a it's a, a moment. I'm, it's a moment I'm not proud of, but I was. It was it was a bit of an issue when we were when Dean was alive too. In other words, my I think for my mother, this doesn't happen to most mothers. I think for for my mother, she was felt a little left out. You know, Dean and I were were 
everything we needed and and we left her out in a way that I think most daughters it doesn't happen with most daughters and mothers and we had a completeness that I think was hard for my mother to compete with and and so in a way that I I think it was an old annoyance but I I'm not I'm ashamed of it that that moment I should feel it also but I did I so desperately wanted to to just lean down to her and say whatever I needed to say or or just be close to her, hold her hand without my mother there. And I know I hurt my mother doing that. But, but Dorothy, I also think that's very normal. Um, I've, oh, read well, twi- I've read a lot about twinless twins, and I've heard those kind of sentiments. And I also heard someone say, when I saw my brother in the casket and I was his identical twin, I felt like I should get in with him and join him because we had come into the world, and it was weird to not be leaving the world together. Absolutely. A, a big confusion for a long time. Absolutely. Well, you know, and another thing I, I kind of picked up from that, Hadi's talked a lot about how um, she felt that she uh, should take care of us as parents after Scott died. She felt a certain amount of responsibility. But it was interesting because I felt that there was people, and your brother particularly, was um, rather than dealing with his own grief as a sibling, he was worried about you, almost treating you like uh, Heidi treated us as parents. You know, it's very interesting. So there's a different, uh, kind of a different dynamic. And I know you made the comment that your parents gave her to you. Yes, yes. I, I was, it was actually, I thought it was very respectful of them. And I can't imagine how hard it must have been for them to do that. But I felt that they, they allowed me to have the final say in every decision that we made um, afterwards. And I thought that was really... Yeah, what, what a difference, right, Heidi? You probably le- felt left out sometimes. Absolutely. But it's, it's there. I give your parents credit as recognizing that as a twin you needed that. Yes, my experience was extremely different. I did sometimes feel left out, and I also felt like I had to be strong for my parents. And, yes, and I'm, I'm sure that must Yes. So that's a, an interesting, different aspect. Well, um, mm-hmm. uh, what I want to just briefly, for people who aren't aware of, um, you know, the the idea, you had your own special language, and and talk about the swimming story. I think that is such kick. Where you, you oh. know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we um, we learned to swim when we were really young, and my mother always wanted us to be in races, and so finally we. We agreed that we would be in a race and they were, it was a relay race and, um, and, and I was, I was the first swimmer and, and to my absolute horror, I won the race, which meant that I was going to have to race again. <laughs> and so I went to Dean and I said, you are going to have to do it. <laughs> and, and she did. I love she it. raced in my place and no one knew it. <laughs> did she win? Did she win, Dorothy? Uh, no, she didn't. No, no, she didn't. Then, 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 then it was over, you know. <laughs> so they didn't have to race, Heidi. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, well, one of the things that you talk about, too, which is interesting, is the difficulty in having intimate relationships with people because you've been so connected with your twin and you're looking for that kind of intensity or love or whatever. I, you know, I think so. It, it's, it's kind of a, a gift and a burden. I mean, I think when 
when you have been a twin, you really understand intimacy in a different way than a lot of people do. And, and so I knew it when I saw it. And, um, and I think it also raised the bar on, you know, I, I felt that, that, um, other people I was trying to get close to should, should behave as my sister did, you know, should, should almost be able to read my mind and, and, um, and be as close. And I've, I had to learn that that's not the most of the world doesn't operate that way. I have, I've had to learn a little bit more social distance, although I'm still not all that good at it. <laughs> well, talk, talk about what's your take on what's going on with twins in the world with in vitro and, uh, you know, with they're going to, there are a lot more twins. It's not as unusual, but identical, of course, is very unusual. What's your thought on all that? Well, again, that's, yeah, that's an um, interesting point. The, you know, when, when Dean and I were growing up, we, it, we were such a rarity. And I think now it's, it, it just obviously it it isn't so um i don't know i mean maybe maybe it will make it easier for those new twins to grow up i i, I don't seem it seems to me that when i hear about twins now that their mothers are much more tuned in about putting them in separate classes dressing them differently um making sure that they're nurtured along individual lines, and I think that's very healthy. Do you think that would have made you cranky, though? <laughs> cranky? <laughs> uh, no, I actually think, I think, <laughs> I actually think that that, it, it, you know, in retrospect, I don't, you know, I don't regret what I had. It was a great love, one of the great loves of my life. Um, but but I think it would have made it easier for me and me to separate had we had more separate experiences and 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 more separate identities uh, when we reached adulthood we had to work and thank goodness we did we had to work very hard as young adults to separate from uh-huh. each other and and had you were. gone on longer with her had not this terrible event happened you could you know you probably would have even distanced more or maybe even come back together in later life i don't know it's it's interesting to well to i'm wonder. sure i'm sure i'm sure we would have always been extremely close but i i think we would have had to still keep working on how do you honor your your marriage and and keep that separate how do you keep your identity separate um all, all of those things but we would have stayed i have no doubt uh, you know it's the only i think it's the only relationship i've ever had there was no never any question about the that it would um it would last you know that's it's just, it was a, a great love. Right. Well, Heidi, do you want to comment at all before we close the show on siblings? And I'm sure you want to comment on some of what she said, but I was thinking you might want to say something about what you'd expected from your sibling as having that a loss, too. Well, I guess I guess one of the things that really resonates with me is that, you know, our, our brothers and our sisters, they're part of our past, they're part of our present, they are parallel travels, travelers in our life, and we expect them to always be in our lives. And most siblings, yeah. even if they're twins or not twins, will spend 80 to 100% of their lifetimes with us. And so yeah. to suddenly lose them in the prime of their lives and ours, it's, it is very strange and it does feel like a part of you is missing because you feel like you're going to grow old with them. And, uh, you know, who are you without, without your brother or sister in this world? It's, it's very complex because Dorothy and me and you, mom, because you've lost a sibling, we are who we are today 
because we had our brothers and sisters in our lives, we would be completely different people had they never been here. As, uh, you know, Heidi, it's such a good, a good point. Didn't, didn't you feel that, in, that losing your brother also changed your, your view of your past? I didn't expect that. That was a big surprise. It changed Absolutely. my, you know, it, it, it became, a, I mean, I hate to say it, but it became a little haunted. Yeah, and, and I just wrote a whole art, uh, book chapter on how siblings, there's many, many siblings out there whose career trajectory is completely changed after they lose a brother or a sister. And yes. they, they, their brothers and their sisters, in some sense, are their guiding lights. And we have a new purpose and a new calling here on the earth. And one of the re- one of the reasons we're all here today, the three of us, is to keep the memories of our brothers and sisters alive. Yes. Yes. Well, on that note, we're going to close the show. And I want to say one of the things that Dorothy has done is written this fabulous book. And it, it took you a long time to write it, didn't it, Dorothy? It did. It did, partly because I um, it was very hard to do the reporting yeah. that I needed to do about the murder. Right, yeah, you talked about that, going back and k- gathering that information. It's really a good read, and, and I would suggest that you get it and, and read it, and you'll learn a lot about Dorothy, and you'll learn a lot about Dean, and, and just a lot about life. So thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, Dorothy, tell people uh, your website and how to get your book and all that. Oh, well, you can go to www.dorothyfoltzray.com, and um, there are several options for uh, for getting my book, I've put the, the wonderful independent bookstores that have had me for readings, there are links to them, as well as to uh, Amazon and uh, Barnes & Noble and so forth. Okay, and it's F-O-L-T-Z hyphen G-R-A, right? No, no, I mean, not hyphen. Uh, with the, I, I don't think there oh, is a dash, hyphen. Dash, it's dash, dash. Oh, there's no Fultz dash? Gray. Oh, no, okay. No, I think it's just Dorothy Fultzgray without the hyphen okay. um, dot com. All right. Perfect. Well, and thank if you. you do, if oh. you Google Dorothy, you'll find her over and over and over on the internet. She is very easy to find. <laughs> She's a rock. She has had such a rich career. Trust me. I just I just Google her and it goes on and on and on. She's, She's a, a rock star. Dorothy. Okay, Dorothy. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So Can I be much. on again tomorrow? <laughs> thank you. Thank but, you all very much. Thanks for being on the show and writing for Open to Hope. Well, Heidi, what a great show. I loved uh, thinking of Bonnie and Kathy, uh, your twin neighbors, when I was reading the book and um, talking about it on the show today. And when I see you in New York, uh, when we do our show there, uh, we're in New York City on public access television. Uh, We're on cable channel 56 on Sunday nights at 9 o'clock. So we hope that you'll watch um, our TV show and also visit us at Open to Hope. And Heidi, when I come to New York, I'm going to bring this book to you because I know you're going to enjoy reading it. I would love it, and the whole twin relationship is fascinating, as is sibling loss. So I really am happy that Dorothy is here to enlighten us on the powerful relationship between twins and how powerful it is to lose a sibling. Absolutely. Well, have a good day, and thanks for listening, and God bless. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. 
Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.